Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. On his uh, Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, rolling on on a Tuesday afternoon. Travis Brown joining us from Aggieland. He's with the Eagle. Uh, and, uh, man, down there covering those Aggies. Travis, you kind of uh, seem like uh, the folks at Baylor a little bit. You're starting to really tweet out a lot of stuff about basketball season. Aggies men's basketball is supposed to be pretty good this year, and I noticed several tweets about the Aggies because uh, football is, uh, well, Aggies are a little bit upset. Now, that's a loyal bunch. I mean, their next gathering of Aggies, they'll all show up. Um, and, and they'll be there, and they'll support. But right now, the support seems to be waning just a bit. Travis, welcome back to the uh, the Mosley Show. Hey, always glad to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you. The, uh, the uh, Rangers with a 2-0 lead over the hated Astros. I have to think you've been paying particularly close attention to that and perhaps even put your Rangers jersey on, which is like a Peagles jersey. I think you invested in some of the, what do they call those? Not the Color Rush jerseys, but like the City, the city jerseys Connect. or something. City yeah. Connect yeah. jerseys, yeah. I, I, my, my Peagle was flying uh, all, all, all week, that is for sure. Yeah, that sounds funny. Um, I I would <laughs> what a combination of the old Fort Worth Panthers and the Dallas Eagles baseball organization form something called a Peagle, and and they even have a little uh, logo, uh, some kind of little creature with wings or something like that. These people are weird. They have too much time on their hands, but the marketing seems to have uh, worked. Uh, how do you feel about the Rangers right now? Are you still kind of like reserved, or are you kind of full-fledged, hey, they're going to do this, they're headed to the World Series? You know, I, I went in, you know, as one of my buddies, Ranger friends, who's from down here, calls it, we're, I think we're behind the orange curtain here in, in Bryan College Station because we are only, you know, our, our 30 minutes outside of Houston. Uh, and, and so coming into this series, I, I was dreading this for all of the um, – crap that I was going to have to take if the Astros pulled this out. And I just wasn't confident in this Rangers bullpen. And it just seemed too good to be true. And, you know, they just keep hitting the ball and they just keep winning. I, I, I would be fine if Aroldis Chapman doesn't pitch the rest of the uh, uh, postseason. That would probably <laughs> keep my my blood pressure down a little bit. But, you know, they're they're rolling and so you can't, uh, you know, Bruce Brochie is the guy. I think, I think you got to, you know, Put your faith in, in Bochi and you see what happens. Bochi, I just like how he kind of reminds me of like uh, one of those guys from Lonesome Dove or something. You know, like <laughs> uh, he just he's got a great way about him. I like how he walks out there to make a pitching change. Uh, he and Dusty are some old school managers. Well, they're old guys, but they've got they've got great ideas. It, it's hard to bet against him. This Evan Carter thing of course, has been uh, amazing. I, By the way, I'm going to ask you about a local kid, Aggie, Torian uh, uh, York from Temple, Texas. I noticed in your reaction to the Tennessee loss the other day, you called him the lone consistent force 
in the Aggie linebacking core in the second half. Had nine tackles, uh, had two and a half for uh, tackles for loss, and a forced fumble. Um, I mean, that's pretty amazing to me. I mean, of course, Baylor, he was a Baylor commit at one point, changed to the Aggies. Who knows what happened there? Uh, but he's ended up down there at College Station. What? What? I mean, is this guy already? He was a huge leader at Temple, and obviously they yeah. miss him in a big way. But is he a leader-type guy or just a flat-out player or both? Yeah, well, you know, I I want to start off going back to something you just said. If, if Bruce Bochy – in, in a in a some jeans and a polo just kind of meandered into the the temple press box on our Friday night. Would you not just think he might have been the uh, uh, you know an old sports writer from uh, from from you know the the, the Golden Triangle or something? Because he kind of has that <laughs> old Texas high school sports writer vibe to me. But uh, yeah, no, Torian York uh, <laughs> yes. is uh, is a uh, fantastic player. Has started as a true freshman from the get-go. Um, yes, he, to answer your question, yes to both. He's performed, uh, done well on the field, and has been a leader. He's been the, the middle linebacker making all the calls for the defense as a true freshman from game one uh, and has really been a, a key part in what's been a great A&M run defense and, and a great uh, A&M pass rush uh, going through the season. You know, he's had a lot of help with Edrin Cooper, who could be an all – SEC type player next to him at linebacker as well, but Cooper went out hurt at the end of the first half, and, and York was was the, the consistent guy out there for the whole second half, and and still did a really good job. He's been impressive both as a a guy on the field and and as a guy with that football intellect, being able to make the calls in there in his first college games of his of his career. I like when you brag on players from Central Texas, all right? We like to hear that. That's a good player, uh, and we wish he was in green and gold. Um, now, Anaya Smith, I, you know, on the broad, on the TV broadcast, they, they were really bringing that up a lot. Where is he? And, of course, they hit one of those punts, as you wrote about, that went over his head, um, has two targets in the game. Now, they're one of those other receivers uh, – Actually had a really good game for, I mean, he probably needed more targets, but he did have three catches for 75 yards. But what's going on there? Uh, Anaya Smith caught, caught one pass for 20 yards. Um, I mean, is this just a, I mean, are they having trouble getting the ball to him? Are they not trying to utilize him enough? What's your general take there? Well, you know, he was like the only guy that they could get the ball to in the Alabama game. And, and when they, they don't get me wrong. They they had trouble on offense that Alabama game uh, throughout most of it. But but the only guy that they could seem to get going uh, was him. And so the kind of the question after that game was, okay, well you have Evan Stewart too. You have all these great wide receivers, especially Evan Stewart. You know he only had uh, a couple of targets. Why why isn't he getting the ball more? And they and Jimbo Fisher said, well yeah, we do need to get him the ball more. Well this game Evan Stewart has like I think it was something like thirteen or fourteen targets and like five or six catches for not a whole lot. And Anaya Smith has two. And so, you know, uh, there's been some critique of uh, Max Johnson in his ability to work through the progressions. Uh, you know, I talked with old former A&M quarterback Nick Starkle uh, earlier in the week, and he said it's, it's not as much difficulty, you know, making the read on the defense, what he sees with, with Max Johnson. It's he's wanting to hold on to that first read just a little bit too long, just let it try to develop a little bit too 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 much, 
and then he gets himself into trouble, and that's compounded with an offensive line that's just been absolutely abysmal. I mean, you can you can put whatever uh, blame is on Max Johnson's shoulders, but that offensive line has not given him any time or effort to do anything, and that that's a big talking point going into the rest of the season is the offensive line. Uh, but yeah, it, it does seem like Max Johnson has a little bit of trouble working. Uh, get through, giving himself enough time to work through the progressions. And if, you know, Anias or Evan Stewart or whoever it is, isn't the first or second read in that, in that progression, he, he might not be getting it to him, but yeah, uh, they need to find, you know, Bobby Petrino's whole deal in his book he wrote was that his, his style of offense is quote, quote unquote, feed the studs. Well, they, they sure haven't really done a great job of feeding all of the studs they have, it, it's been pretty one-sided game by game. Feed the studs is, uh, boy, I bet I bet when they named him O-Coordinator, you jumped out there and got that book in a hurry, um, the Petrino book, to kind of read up a little bit. I did not, I'm not aware of this book. Is that, you think I can find that over at Half Price Books or something? You, you might. I, I haven't tried the Half Price books. You know, I actually haven't gotten to read all of it because I'm a big Kindle guy and this is oh. old school analog, old school analog. And I just, you know, the, like if I'm reading a book and I'm going to fall asleep, which I inevitably do always when I read a book, that book is a lot, you know, harder on your, your nose than a, than a Kindle, which is smaller, but kind of falls on your chest. So this is really a, a matter of self-preservation <laughs> for me is what it is. Travis Brown on the Matt Mosley show, the Eagle there in college station, Brian College Station. Go over to this bookstore, by the way. Get off that Kindle and go over to Hyperbole Bookstore. That's one of the leading um, stories on your website right now over in South College Station. And uh, the Millers, that's Kathy and uh, Kalina. Kathy Miller and her daughter Kalina have opened up an independent bookstore. I want you, Travis, uh, to go and your wife, your lovely bride, to go support Hyperbole. That's a good name. Now, that's a funny, yeah. that's kind of a funny name for a bookstore. In fact, I would like a T-shirt from that place, if you wouldn't mind picking me up one. We'll, we'll work on that, yeah. My, my wife is actually, surprisingly, she has already driven me down there, but they were closed on Sunday. So uh, we, we, we'll have to go on not a Sunday, which during football season is – We'll see if that happens. (laughs) This has you written all over it. They offer thrillers and romance fiction for adults and more. All right. I I do like a I do like a nice uh, book with a with like Fabio and his his (laughs) shirt unbuttoned on the or whatever. You know that's 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 my go to genre right there. I dated a girl at Baylor and her dad's name was Fabio. Now they were from Colombia, so it was like a more appropriate Fabio than the one we we think of the romance novels. But it was like I just remember thinking, "Golly, is that could that be a deal breaker?" Like a, you know, like <laughs> having a Pop. having your girlfriend's dad named Fabio. Named that seemed Fabio, like a yeah, yeah, it seemed like a lot to deal with. Now I also well, it, uh, it, yeah, it might be a deal breaker if he's if he's as ripped as uh, as old. Fabio was that that might be a little intimidating Fabio had the long hair was ripped uh looked maybe like someone that would have been a member of the 12th man you never want to see you never want to see number 12 and on one of those punt coverages where Tennessee came ripping down the field the other day I did see number 12 
closing in and then just well, again I, I hate to single it out but when you wear number 12 at A&M it's kind of the problem is you get a lot of credit right when you make a play but then he was one of the group that kind of whoever that was from Tennessee went racing down the field that's a game you got to win when Tennessee looks that bad on I mean now they did run the ball but that quarterback looked awful as you documented uh-huh. They had like 12 penalties for a million yards. I mean, they look like the Cowboys out there with all those penalties. And, and, and then they, and they don't get out of there with a win because of some of what you're talking about. They, they you know, Max throws a couple of interceptions. He's got no time. You've got bad snaps. Um, you know how you don't have a bad snap? You go stick your quarterback up under center if the guy can't snap it back there. But, of course, they don't work on that at all, so they don't know how to do that. He wouldn't know how to drop back if he was So, um, I, but that, that's a bad – it's hard to go into Tennessee and say that's a bad loss, but it felt like a bad loss, given how many times Tennessee tried to set the Aggies up. I mean, the last two weeks, that was the most beatable Alabama team that A&M probably has or maybe ever will face. And they, they certainly should have gone to, to Tennessee and, and won this game. Uh, in both instances, the offensive line has just absolutely fallen apart. I mean, I don't know if you're a big believer in the, uh, the old pro football focus grades, but A&M has the fifth worst offensive line in the country according to Pro Football Focus. I, I didn't actually check this last week, but I, I did hear someone say that it's actually they went up from the la- worst offensive line by grade in the country last week. Um, there, was a, there was a guy who wasn't a starter. He was a guy they brought in who, who graded as a, at a 0.0 out of 100. On I, I didn't even know that was possible. Um, so, I mean, this is a historically bad offensive line. They're, they're leading the country in the amount of hits that the quarterbacks have taken. Uh, and that's something they actually led the country in last year as well, too. It's no wonder that they haven't had a starting quarterback make it all the way through the season in like three years. Um, and so, I mean, I said it before the season, this team was going to go as the offensive line went this year. And, you know, they, they seemed like they were formidable early in the season, but the, the wheels have just absolutely fallen off. And uh, I – I don't know how you recover from this moving forward. Any any football cliche artist will say it all starts at the offensive line, and they have a bad offensive line. Yeah, you have uh, you've driven home that point. I feel bad for the guy who got a zero point zero. I mean, I, I, I mean, you should get something for like putting your uniform on correctly. Like you can't just zero out, you know. Like, you should get like putting some putting your name on the SAT. Yeah, let's not bring up Darren Lewis. Or <laughs> I, I've got about <laughs> I've got several names that come to mind uh, from Aggie Land there. And I like this story. I got to dig in on this story. General Robert Nealon. First of all, let me ask you this: Is that atmosphere? You've been to pretty much every place now in the SEC. Where does Tennessee rank? As far as a, a game day home, uh, you know, atmosphere, where 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 would you where would you put the Vols? You know, it's, it's funny. The only two stadiums I haven't been to because of this crazy SEC uh, schedule is Vanderbilt and Kentucky. So I don't think we have to worry about any of those no. No. beating out uh, any of those. I, I still put a night game in Death Valley as the most raucous crazy environment you'll ever be in it, it is fun down there in the bayou 
uh, when when it's a night game and, and the Tigers are doing pretty good. But Tennessee is probably a, a pretty close second. Um, there's kind of that – I think it's LSU is the clear number favorite on top it's in a night game at LSU. And then there's kind of a second tier that uh, Tennessee – uh, A&M, when the Aggies are doing good, Georgia, those three are, are pretty good. Al- Alabama at times, but Alabama, I've always kind of said, is like that gets the same kind of rap, and it's the same as like the Cowboys fan base, where there's going to be a lot of people there, and they're going to cheer, cheer, but they expect a, a, a week four game against the Aggies. It, it, that's not where they want to be. They want to be in the national championship game. They've been there so much that this yeah. is just kind of ho-hum. Let's go through the motions. It, they're there. They pack the place. But it, it's not quite as rowdy as uh, maybe those those ones above. So I, Tennessee is it, man, it's good, and they have that checkerboard uh, thing going with the stands where you're in orange and, and white, and it was it was cool looking. So yeah, they're 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 right up there at number two, probably maybe even tied with LSU if it's an LSU day game. But man, there there is nothing as crazy as a as a game in Baton Rouge at night. What's the best pregame spread you've encountered? Of all those oh, SEC gosh. visits, does anybody um, have some good low country type, or does uh, does like Ole Miss lean into some of that? You know, comfort food. What are we What are we looking um, at? When, no, like Ole Miss, they had like chicken fingers. You know, yeah. the press box meal is that that is kind of a an art that has been has been lost a little bit. You know, yeah. every time we've gone to Alabama, it's been like some not so great fajitas and you don't want to come from, Ooh. you know, central Texas to Alabama and get fajitas. No, um, they no. had some pulled pork, you know, I'm going to get outside the sec. I think, and I can't completely remember everything they had, but I remember some of the best spread was at Clemson. Clemson has a pretty good spread and, and like the best sweet tea you'll ever have. Yeah. Yeah. That's low country. So you're gonna, yeah. you're going to get like shrimp and grits and things like that, that makes sense. And Dabo, you know, that's one thing. Dabo's slipping a little bit, but he still makes sure the media is taken care of. That's good to know. Well, that was a game, uh, he, wasn't it? Clemson, didn't A&M almost knock off Clemson when they were, like, really, really good? I'm trying to think. Was it, like, five years ago? That was that was at – it was came down to a two-point conversion at Kyle. I think, was that Jimbo's oh. second game? Okay. And then they went out to, to Clemson the next year – and it was uh, that Isaiah Spiller got hurt early in the game, and it was kind of, uh, if I remember right, it wasn't uh, wasn't super close. Um, yeah. But okay. but yeah yeah Clemson's a good one. Clemson's a good one. You know the one that sticks out to me that had just a great spread, and I know you're gonna laugh your head off. Texas Tech had good food when I went out there back in the day, like. I, I think it was I think it was one of the few places that still was catered by like a local restaurant mm-hmm. and not just one of the mass produced, yeah. you know, whatever. They, so I think the local restaurant factor. I, I can't remember what it was, but I remember Texas Tech being good. But the, the best spread of all is when you go to Jerry World for the for the uh, Arkansas A and M game with the mac and cheese and the prime oh, rib chop yeah. station. You know, that's that that's going to be the sad part about that game going back home and home is that you don't get. Uh, you know, get Jerry's fixings in the press box. I get that about eight or nine times a season. I go in there and get the 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 big give up is when they do like a just a piece of grilled chicken. A lot of places <laughs> will just kind of give you just a just a grizzled nothing piece of grilled chicken, and maybe well, just some, a little some. something on the side. 
And I, I think the green I beans Auburn, will give up. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say Auburn last year just had like a, like a prepackaged sandwich in a to-go box kind of thing. Like it was, that was the real give up uh, is yeah. The, the art, the art of the press box meal is, is something that has been long lost over the last you know, yeah. four or five years. I feel like really since the there pandemic, a, I think the pandemic there, is what caught, caused the give up. There was one school that shall remain nameless a few years ago that told the media if they wanted to eat during one of the games, they could, they could bring stuff into the press box with them. (laughs) Well, you know, I I think high school games at Jerry World, you're not allowed to bring your own food in, but they sell you hot dogs in the press box. Oh, I didn't even know. Oh, high school games, you can get some concessions and just buy it. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Well, I'm glad glad some press box food. I know our people – or, uh, but it's always interesting to take folks behind the curtain a little bit uh, to Temple these games. Temple had a pretty good spread. I went and covered a Temple Bryan game. Temple High School had a pretty good spread for a Friday night. Go a little syntax on you. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, Temple struggling this year. I think off yeah. to about a one and six start, and uh, yeah, everybody's kind of grumbling a little bit out there. But hopefully they'll yeah. get that thing turned around. But uh, Bryan probably. Put it on them. Who who's the really good school from Bryan College Station right now? Is that Bryan that went to state last year? No, College Station has been on a roll uh, last couple of years. The uh, the Cougars have been uh, making their presence known. At, at, yeah, at like a ten or twelve year old school. So that's it. That's it. And I think mm. I think they may have a former Lake Highlands Wildcat student and football player as the head head coach. Is that right, Stony? Yeah, he grew up. He grew up about five blocks away from my parents live now. So uh, yeah, mm. he is a he is a he's a wildcat down here in College Station. Boy, that is good. And of course, the Boneyard Senior Night coming up this week as uh, Pier- JJ Pierce brings it to town, and that will be trouble for Pierce as the Wildcats try to win a District Seven Six A. Uh, district title after huge wins over Jesuit in Highland Park earlier this season. Okay, Travis, I appreciate it. I feel like we've covered everything we need to cover. Uh, let's talk soon. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk a, a, a press conference midday week meals next time uh, <laughs> and, and get into the real, the real, the real grind there. I think Baylor may have you beat in that regard. They do a nice Rudy's type deal. That's a good one right there, but we'll discuss next. Uh, But uh, thank you, Travis. I'll see you soon. You got it. Thanks. Travis Brown from the Eagle, Bryan College Station. It is time.